electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and to coach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We call them up stocks. The ones that go up all the time and barely ever go down. On a rare occasion, when there's a market-wide pullback, like we had this morning, for the averages rebound, it down ultimately advancing 45 points, S&P edging up 0.39%, NASDAQ gaining 0.87% from a very ugly opening, you have to buy these up stocks. Buy, 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 Hand over fist. In a market like this one, that has a hard time staying down to begin with, even on a weak jobless number, or a president who seems determined to overturn the results of the election, he's not going anywhere. The up stocks just won't quit. Now, back in my old hedge fund where I compounded at 24% for 14 years, I'd sit down with my staff right now, right now, next week, and I'd say, okay, give me your best stocks, the up stocks, the ones that never seem to go down. I want the unstoppable ones. I don't even want to know what they do. I just want them. Oh, the staff would be incredulous. There would always be one, one of these young whippersnapper saying an up stock. What do you mean by what's an up stock? I mean, that's nuts. Uh, it, that's not our usual methodology, but during this period, I'd adopted a, let's say, a, a no more Mr. Nice Guy attitude, like I'd ever been nice. So I just demanded that they give me their up stocks, or they should go home and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Once I got that up stock list, I'd buy deep in the money call options out till January that mimicked the common stocks, although with more upside potential. If the stock soared, I might sell it against the deep in the money calls as insurance. And if it fell down, I'd cover the common stock and let it run again. That was my go-to stock replacement tactic. But what about the strategy? Why would I go all in on these up stocks in late November, year after year after year? Simple. Because we're now rounding the corner on the end of 2020. And at this point, the market's already decided what will be the year's big winners. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, they've been anointed. 
Money managers pile into these up stocks to show their investors how smart they are. When they, when they have to reveal their holdings at the end of the year, at this point, nobody wants to sell the winners because what's the point? Why dump something with an aura of invincibility? Why not buy it and then buy more of it if it ever pulls back? In short, you buy the stocks up in late November. Yep, you buy the up stocks up because Wall Street has a herd mentality and you want the herd working for you, not against you. Every year I'd explain this to my clients. I give them the up stocks pitch and I tell them that the ones we were buying, I'd say, listen, uh, I always... I think they're up stocks. You should go buy them. But I'd always treat my investors as geniuses. I always gave them the up stock list. Everybody wanted to know what the up stock list was. Uh, You know what? So I'm going to treat you the same way. I am going to give you the up stock list. The 10 stocks that you have to buy or bet on for a year-end rally. Usual rules apply. Don't buy all at once. Leave some room to pick up some on a pullback. Feel free to use deep in the money call options, although it's more risky than buying the common stock. Either way, I expect these 10 up up stock winners to keep winning as we approach the end of the bizarre year that was 2020. Why don't we start with the less abstruse names, okay? Let's start with Square. Yes, Square, the payment technology company. I know that small business, the natural users of Square's platform are hurting. It's why I want to know the stimulus package so badly. But this company it doesn't just make the little dongle that turns your phone into a credit card reader. They also have a peer-to-peer payments platform, Cash App, that competes with PenPal's Venmo. And Cash App takes Bitcoin. Yes, Bitcoin, which is once again unstoppable. You think I'm off base here? Consider the title of this piece of research that came out from Mizuho this very morning. Square. Why not 300? Right now, the stock's at 191. This thing has been anointed nine ways to Sunday. It's a winner. And at this point in the year, winners keep winning. Yes, I know. Solipsistic. I don't care. Second similar story, PayPal. Hey, if you like Cash App, you'll love Venmo, which also takes Bitcoin. PayPal's made itself essential to the contactless economy we're now stuck in. I think you can keep running. Yes, uh, this is another Bitcoin derivative stock. Hey, crazy year. Third, yeah, I mean, come on, Tesla. This one's got so much momentum that even a Soviet T-34 tank couldn't stop it from going higher. Remember, when Tesla got bigger than Ford, then bigger than GM, then bigger than Toyota, okay, now it's bigger than Ford, GM, Toyota, Fiat, Chrysler, and Daimler combined. So people have finally stopped fretting about that relative valuation. Tesla's too loved to stop now, at least for 2020. Fourth is Roku, the cord-cutting kingpin. Roku makes it possible to stream video directly to your TV. The company's been putting up some great numbers, but this is really a case where younger investors, Robin Hoodies, on later in the show, find something they love, and then they buy it, and then they buy it some more. Every time Roku pulls back, have you noticed what happens? They buy even more. As long as people keep cutting the cord because cable's too expensive, this stock will keep working. Fifth, I know, Captain Obvious over here, Amazon. Before you dismiss this as a stay-at-home stock that will get crushed when the vaccine cavalry arrives, I'm begging you to reconsider. Every time there's been a big storm that shuts down retailers, Amazon gains new adherence. COVID-19 is the ultimate storm. With new infections surging, forcing states to roll out more and more restrictions, I think this has got more and more upside. Fractional share buyers crave this one. Six up. ServiceNow. 
Yes, ever since Bill McDermott took over as the CEO, the stock's been a total horse. This amorphous cloud-based information technology play keeps blowing the numbers away. ServiceNow's a great company. But you know what? It's an even better stock. Seven, Kramer fave, Okta. Now, I joke that Okta is always the first stock to turn up in a NASDAQ rally. But that's true. It is. Um, now, Okta is your passport to the web. Their software handles your login and verification credentials. Don't be misled by the congenial, boyish looks of CEO Todd McKinnon. He's just like Liam Neeson in Taken, a man with a particular set of skills who's a nightmare for his competitors. Eight is Ring Central. Ring! I met him when the stock was like 70. This is a call center software play with a video conferencing kicker that competes with Zoom. This stock has been a juggernaut ever since it partnered with ATT, giving the company a massive install base. Ring Central now acts better than the stock of Zoom video. I always say, don't mess with the CEO, Vlad, the impaler, Schmooness. Nine is Twilio. Yes, the software company that helps app developers keep in touch with their customers. Like when Lyft sends you a text, that's really Twilio. It's a way for businesses to push info to their user base, which is why it's the future. Finally, there's a new upshot. Oh, my God, this new up stock is called Target. When you see a stock rally hard on earnings and then rally even harder the next day, that's how you know it's been anointed. Some retailers had great brick and mortar numbers. Other had great digital numbers. Target had both. So I bet it keeps climbing. I'm looking at two hundo on this one. Maybe not at the end of the year, but you get the drift. Now, some say it may be too soon to, to anoint Target. But maybe I should pick Palo Alto or Shopify or Adobe or even Lululemon. Lululemon to the people who are aficionados. But there's no such thing as too soon when you're dealing with anointed winners in late November. The bottom line, I'm not saying these up stocks will keep running forever. Hardly! But I think they're great trades until the end of the year. At this point every year, hedge funds crowd into the biggest winners, which is why we always bought them, my old hedge fund, because they tend to keep winning and then winning and winning until there's a brand new year. Up stocks! Leandro in Massachusetts. Leandro. Hey, Jim. Thanks for being a mentor, a guru for many. And uh, a shout-out to our cannabis product, Flicker Lighter, coming soon to dispensary near you. My question is also about cannabis, about innovative industrial properties, ticker symbol IIPR, up 2.27% today. Just curious, Jim, what do you think the future holds for this REIT, REIT, once the Biden admin is in? And uh, why is their overall trade volume low? Well, I mean, look, we like the stock. We did a cannabis piece the other day and said that it was a good place to be. Um, you know, look, there's obviously the real estate investment trusts aren't don't have a lot of growth right now. That one's OK. I, I, I'm not jumping up and down about it, though. How about we go to Dustin in California, please, Dustin? Hey, Jim, my question is about Diamondback Energy, the, the lesser known thing. I bought the dip back in March and I'm wondering, is it time to walk away from what we've learned over the past couple of weeks? Or do you think we'll see that the pre-COVID prices come back? I think that you ought to scale out of Fang, okay? Now, the only two that I am recommending, I am recommending Chevron with Mike Worth, uh, who I finally didn't seem to want to drill up there with the polar bears, and and I'm recommending uh, Pioneer Nat. Okay, those are the only two that get my blessing, but they do get my blessing. I'm okay with them. All right, the up stocks, they just won't quit. 
I think they're great trades into the end of the year. Yes, the up stocks presented to you by Mad Money. Oh, Mad Money, tonight, I'm sitting down with the newest Netflix star, The Container Store. Don't miss my exclusive with its CEO. Find out why demand is surging. Then how is Robinhood's rise impacting the overall market? Big! I'm going straight to the source and talking to the trading platform CEO. And weren't they just reported to the close? I'm going to sit down with the new co-CEOs, Anil Bushri and Chano Fernandez. Wow, to crunch the numbers. And the numbers are not easy to figure out. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. Right now, the service economy is dead as a doornail. But the hard goods economy, oh, it's on fire. Just look at the container store, the storage and organization retailer with a stock that hasn't exactly been a great long-term performer. Oh, boy, but is it having a good year in 2020. When COVID first hit, the container store stock plunged to $1.80 at the March lows, then spent months bouncing along in the low single digits. Yet in the last three months, this thing surged from $3 and change to $10 and change. How did they do it? First, they collaborated with Netflix on a show called Get Organized with the Home Edit, which debuted in September. And when when the Container Store reported a month ago, we learned that this show drove a ton of traffic. It's a pretty cool show. That's how the company was able to post a massive top and bottom line beat. It was their best ever. Yeah. Oh, and they've got another big partnership with neatness expert Marie Kondo coming early next year. So even though the stock's really tripled in three months, it still is actually, i got to tell you, cheap for just 14 times earnings and another big endorser coming on next year. But don't take it from me. Let's dig deep with Melissa Reif. She's the chairwoman and CEO of the Container Store. You get a better sense of where her company's headed. Ms. Reif, welcome to Mad Money. Thank you so much, Jim. Nice to be with you today. Well, Melissa, it's exciting to have you on. Why? 
because I have kids in their 20s. I have a daughter who it just is called. Said, I can't believe you have her on. Tell her she is the mecca of organization. And they watch your, these shows and they think the container store is what's behind you. Now, when it started and we first program, when we first uh, profiled the store, it was very different. So if you can, because it's your first time on, give us a little bit of the arc of how the container stores changed. Oh, wow. Well, Jim, first of all, thank your daughter. I'm glad she is crazy about our brand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been uh, an interesting and challenging and rewarding four years, to say the least. Uh, but I tell you, we're doing great, and I'm so proud of our organization and what we've accomplished, Jim, over the past four years. I mean, when I accepted this role, you know, the first thing I did was we got the, com- the company leadership team together, and we said, okay, we are going to, it's really not a transform the company or the brand, but we're going to look at every single area of the business uh, strategically, tactically. Nothing's off the table. We're going to talk about everything. And we're going to put together a, a strategic plan, which we did. And we have been executing against that plan for the past four years. And, you know, Jim, Q2 was 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 wildly successful. But it's really it's the culmination of the last four years. And it's the culmination of really our entire organization, just really focusing on the same thing and, and transparent communication. And I'm, I'm just delighted. And I, I'm very, very proud. But we have a lot left to do. All right. Well, the great Marvin Ellison at Lowe's tells me that your home has now become your home entertainment center, it's become your office, and it's become your school. I imagine that every one of those, the container store can play a role in. Right. No, you know, our home is more than a retreat now. I mean, it's a classroom, Jim. It's a daycare, as Marvin said. You know, it's, it's, it's everything. It's an office. And we are perfectly positioned to help our customers with all areas of our home. I mean, that's that's our that's our purpose is to help our customers accomplish the projects and, you know, maximize the space in their home and make the most of their home. And so, you know, we've got all the goods and services to do that. And we can do it, you know, in store as long as our stores remain open. Uh, we can do it online. We can do it virtually. We can do curbside pick and pick, uh, click and pick up which is a service that we were one of the very first I'm proud of to offer years ago. So, you know, when we did have to store, uh, close our stores, we were able to really refine that and just turn on a dime uh, for the click and pick up, which has been great to be able to service our customers that way. Okay, well, talk to me in ter- terms of servicing them. These two concepts I keep hearing with when it comes to your, your company, tidying and clutter. Busting the clutter. Now, this Marie Kondo, uh, we're throwing away. We have a, a dumpster in front of our house, okay? We're getting rid of some stuff. Marie Kondo's name keeps coming up. I don't know who the heck she is. So I finally had Google her, and I realized she allows you to take charge of yourself, beating your house. And she's going to be with you as a, 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 in a partnership? She is. I mean, we have been, you know, we, this was one of our initiatives four years ago, is to really strategically Um, look to partnering with home brands like ourselves. That's one of the things that we've done great over the years is build our brand, I think anyway. And so to partner with the home edit gals, Joanna and Clea, who we love, uh, we've worked on that partnership for years, and now it we launched that in May of 2019. And now Marie Kondo, you know, who is just the, you know, she's the one and only Marie Kondo, and she is the tidying expert. And she, you know, we're just delighted about partnering with her and launching this collection January of 2021. And she is about tidying up and she is about um, spark, you know, keeping things that spark joy. But she's not saying that you throw everything out. She's saying you keep the things that spark joy. 
And this collection, this co-branded exclusive collection that we'll be launching uh, sometime in January with Marie uh, is about 100 and I think it's about 138 SKUs, Jim. Wow. And it will be in stores and it'll be online. And we just hope to continue to, to really nurture and grow all of our partnerships. We're just open to anything that makes sense and to make it a mutually beneficial relationship. That's one of our foundation principles. And I really believe that, that, you know, that's the way to do business. In that sense, you really do want to give some same store sales if you start having them. Right. I mean, because she's very powerful, very powerful endorser. Let me ask you one thing that I did discuss. My daughter told me to ask you. My my kids are never wrong. Right. They're never wrong. She said, you got to ask her how she's moving from plastic to bamboo and other things, because she says, my daughter says, there's too much plastic still. I know that she's aware of this. Find out what she's going to do. That's a really good question. It's a question that we've been, you know, asked for the last 42 years, ever since we really started the company. And, you know, it's plastic. I mean, look behind me. You can see the home edit, um, some of the home edit products. Mm -hmm. You can see our water hyacinth. Um, And Marie Kondo, that collection has got a lot of bamboo. It's got a lot of ceramic. Um, so, you know, we, we try to be really conscientious with that and do the very best we can. It's, it's not easy because, you know, plastic is plastic and it's, it's very functional and it's very affordable. Uh, but we really try to look for sustainable products. And I think the Marie Kondo, as well as some of the home edit, is, is continuing to go in that direction. Uh, funny, what, what were the biggest seller, what's the biggest sellers in a, quarant- in a quarantine, if you think you have it? What do people, what do yeah. people buy? Well, first of all, I mean, we absolutely have seen customers become so much more excited about doing it themselves. Uh, And our closet, our kitchen, our storage, our bath, our office, those are some of the big, big categories. And again, the really cool thing is, you know, our best-selling product, which is Alpha, which we bought the company in 99, it's over 25% of our business. You can do that yourself. You can install your own closet or your own pantry or your own garage or again, we have an installer network that we can do it for them if they want us to come in their homes, which many, many customers still do. But those kinds of the kitchen, the office, the closet, all of those are incredibly popular. And we're able to service them again online or in store or curbside or virtual. Well, you've taught me a great deal. And when I heard when people heard that you were on they were so excited. My makeup person, she goes, you got to tell her that I, I find it when I go there that I have uh, that I have many things that I don't need that I buy. And then I see things that it turned out that I needed all along that I didn't have. And that's, well, a pres- that's the prescription for success. When you get people who come in and they didn't know that they needed it, and it's there and they buy it. Melissa Reif, chairwoman, president, and CEO of the Container Store. Great to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you, Jim. Hope to meet you in person. Oh, I hope so, too. This, the okay. symbols TCS. Guys, when you have a show coming up that's like the one that they have, uh, it, it, it is, and they already have one already, you kind of you kind of got to buy it. I mean, I know you may not, may not know the Container Store. Um, we know it very, very well, and I just remember what my daughter said. It's the mecca of organization. They have money's back in the break. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For 20 years, we've lived under the dictatorship of index fund investing. The conventional wisdom told you that picking individual stocks was a mug's game. Better just put all your money in a low-cost index fund that mirrors the S&P 500. Now, it's not necessarily bad advice. It it should be part of your portfolio. Uh, But when everyone follows it, individual stock picking becomes a lost art. This year, though, stock picking's made an incredible comeback. And a lot of it is thanks to Robinhood, the disruptive online brokerage firm that ushered in the age of commission-free trading. Yep, Robinhood's brought in millions of new investors, most of whom are young. And these novice stock pickers have done incredibly well in 2020. In the pandemic crash in March, these investors on average bought, not sold. They got great prices, and they're here to stay. It's changed the entire character of the stock market. Now, we're hearing rumors that Robinhood plans to go public, perhaps as soon as the first quarter of next year. Always difficult to talk about, but no matter. Let's check in with Vlad Tenev. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of Robinhood. Find out more about how his company's doing and where it's headed. Mr. Tenev, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. It's great to see you, Vlad. I'm going to put it to you. I I know you watch the show. My thesis is this. Your clients, particularly the younger ones, know how to do research far better than the old ones. They, They are much more compact. They've got it on their cell phone. They can make a move. And then if I looked at what they bought last month, last month, the Fords, the GEs, I would find that they did far better than the S&P 500. You know, as a company that stands for democratizing finance, it's it's been really exciting to see more people participating in uh, in the markets this year. And I think you're right. While people equate being young with day trading, our data doesn't show that. Um, what's been really interesting is I don't know if you've seen this paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research, but it actually found that Robinhood investors acted as a market stabilizing force during the volatility and the and the crash in March. Um, so I, I think we're very much in unprecedented times. The way that the market has recovered so quickly from the sharp drop in March, very different than uh, 2008 or or any time that that I've seen in history that that this has happened. I agree with you. I was on a panel with the other Robinhood, the Robinhood Foundation. And it was about you, meaning about younger people and doing things. And I thought for sure, because they were the heads of of three major firms, I thought for sure that they were going to denigrate, right? They said the opposite. They said that when every single big-time head fund manor was saying it was Armageddon, the younger people came in and bought the stabilizing factor. Why aren't the younger people more scared and panicked and instead thinking long-term? 
I think a large part of it is the time horizon. People view uh, people who are investing for the first time in their in their twenties or thirties have a very different outlook than people that are maybe a handful of years away from retirement. Um, when when you're younger, you know that there's decades of compound returns and, and decades of riding out the ups and downs of, of the market. And so a lot of our customers saw um, what happened in March as an opportunity to get uh, to buy into the great American companies at relatively low multiples. Um, and, and so you ended up seeing that that happening at fairly significant scale and providing some of the some of the stabilization uh, that you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, let, let, let's get into it. Vlad, I have been teaching that. I have been trying to teach that point for 35 years. I've almost given up until what happened with your firm and your buyers. Because I got to tell you, it was just too hard to tell people to take risk young. You got your whole life ahead of you. This is when you do it. And your people did it. And I don't know whether it was because they were enticed by zero commissions, whether they're enticed by the friendliness of Robin Hood. But something has happened in this country. These people are smarter than we were and are. Vlad, I'm not kidding. Your people are incredibly well versed in the companies they buy. Yeah, I think that um, one of the one of the notions that um, that that sort of refutes some of the public uh, discussion about Robinhood is the fact that people are by and large depositing funds and uh, and buying companies long term. Uh, we've seen an increase in buying activity, which which I talked a little bit about when I came on your show mm-hmm. last time. Um, and with recent products that we've rolled out, like fractional shares, yes. which which we're very excited about. And actually more recently recurring investments, which lets you put in a schedule and buy into a stock or an ETF on a daily basis. You could do it weekly, biweekly, monthly. It really actually makes it easier to to turn these first-time investors into long-term investors and give them some of the ability to invest for the long-term using individual stocks in a way that's accessible and uh, wouldn't have been possible just, uh, just a couple of years ago. Absolutely. You're so right. Okay, so now, of course, I read the stories. I know you're planning to come public, often a difficult thing for you to talk about at this time. But can I make a suggestion? Can you find a way to get your clients some stock? Can you put away some stock for people who have accounts at Robinhood? No, it's it's um, it's a great suggestion. And uh, it's certainly not it's it's not lost upon us that there's there's interest in our clients and the self-referential nature of, of having Robinhood on Robinhood for, for our customers um, is going to be interesting. Um, we're, we're well capitalized. We, we think there's a huge growth opportunity ahead of us, and we really want to uh, serve our customers and be the money app on, on their smartphones. So we're, uh, we're very excited about it. Um, but you can't. And, you I mean, know, your, I'm presuming you are going to come public. It's just something that you're you can say, Jim, you know, I'm, I can't really talk about that right now. He's good. You can do that. All right. Well. Sure. OK. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I, you can't really talk about it right now, but I've got to tell you, you have revolutionized things. And you should know that there are whole groups of people in the industry on Wall Street who think that the Robin Hood investors are investors who are so much smarter than they were at that age and that we ought to cut them a break because they turned out to be Russian 
They, re- they rushed to the fire, and it turned out to be incredibly lucrative for them. And now they have great bases on a lot of companies, from Ford to GE to slivers of Amazon and Alphabet. Well done. Well done, Vlad. Thank you. Okay, that's Vlad Tennant. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of Robinhood. And yes, they're supposed to come public. I know because I brought a company public. You're not supposed to say it's like the Fight Club. You can't say first rule of Fight Club is you can't talk about it. Man, money's back into the break. Coming up, Kramer's always hard at work. After the break, he sets his sights on an earnings report in the cloud. The top brass of Workday. Join Mad Money when we return. Welcome to off-cycle earnings season. When we hear from some of our favorite cloud software names, many of these companies are at crossroads. They had a great year, but we don't know if they can keep it up in 2021 once there's a vaccine that let white-collar workers go back to the office. Take Workday, the cloud-based software company that helps automate all kinds of back-office jobs, especially in human resources and finance. Here's a stock that's up roughly 40% year-to-date even as the pullback from August is kind of pretty substantial, and it spent the last month trading sideways. After the close, Workday reported some solid numbers, a nice top and bottom line beat, coupled with better-than-expected guidance for the next quarter. Is it enough to breathe new life into the thing that's already up 40% when people are starting to say, I don't know if we want to be in these things? I think it might be. But let's take a closer look with Anil Bushri, the co-founder and co-CEO of Workday, along with his new co-CEO, colleague at Chano Fernandez, the co-CEO, guys. He said it was going to happen last time. Let's get a better sense of the quarter, gentlemen. Welcome to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. All right. So, Anil, let's start with you, just because it looks like another magnificent quarter. And I have to ask, how are you able to sell complicated, complicated programs like in finance? like in human capital management, through Zoom. <laughs> well, first of all, I hope everyone out there is healthy and safe in what continues to be a very challenging environment. Uh, so my best to, to everybody who's watching today. You know, I, I'd attribute two things. Uh, number one, uh, we've got a great sales team, and Chana can talk about what the sales team does to sell over Zoom. And number two, you know, with, with the number of customers we have, over 3,000 HR, now over 1,000 finance, we have a lot of great reference points. And so a potential customer can talk to one of our happy customers and get a really good sense of how, uh, how Workday uh, works in, in their setting. And I think that really helps a lot. All right, so Chandler, why don't you give me a sense of, uh, of some of the bigger wins, if you can, and tell me whether they were wins of, of, for which side, for human capital and finance or both? Thank you, Jim. Um, I mean, we had a great quarter, as you saw in the results, and we had some great wins across the board uh, from a geographical and solution perspective. So from for the financials area, we have wins like uh, Fifth Third Bank, the Fortune 500 com- company, among others, we had the state of Washington. And then as well, you know, in the human capital management area, we have customers like uh, Novartis in Europe or UNHCR as well within the United Nations. So just among some of the ones that we have uh, won this quarter. But I think it's not only about winning customers, Jim. It's also bringing customers successfully live. And we're very happy that even during this period, we brought customers like Walmart with 1.7 million employees live, customers like Accenture managing more than 500,000 employees now globally through Workday, you know, or customers like GE or UPS, among others. So it's been a really great quarter for us. 
Now, Neil, these are when I hear these logos, I know they belong to others beforehand. These are not logos of companies that just woke up and said, you know, we got to go on the cloud. Uh, what is the selling proposition, uh, particularly in an era when many of these companies, I know them, have people that are, a lot of people working at home. They're not at the office. Well, you know, in, in some ways, uh, the pandemic and the economic and social crises that we're facing all together have actually been drivers for change. Uh, companies are having to plan rapidly. They're having to change their business processes. You know, there are retailers that are going from in-store to curbside pickup, and they need flexible, agile systems. And that's what you get with the cloud. That's what you get with Workday. And so this, this concept of digital acceleration actually, I think, is picking up steam during the, during the pandemic, and in particular uh, in, in the HR world, and it's beginning to happen in the finance world as well. Pe people just cannot survive this environment with the legacy systems. All right. Well, we have a company like Walmart, Chano, and Walmart, I think, is uh, has gone from being a company that really didn't understand technology to, uh, frankly, I think, maybe the most technologically savvy retailer there is. Uh, what can you do to help them that they wouldn't know already? Yeah, well, what we do, Jim, is, is basically giving the mission-critical applications to manage the human resource. So anything from recruiting those resources to managing them, helping to engage better, understand their talent, get insights on how to provide a better employee experience and improve that feeling. And, you know, lately and most importantly, we want to help them out to get go back to safely, their employees back right. to the office, back to work, right, which is very critical right now in these times. Yeah, I, I think they need your help badly, but I was surprised to see that you have more than, uh, I know you can't just, you now have more than a thousand finance customers. I remember when you went into that vertical and people felt that you couldn't move your, could not crack it. Remember? I mean, I got calls from people who were interested, like, yeah, sure, he's in financial. That's a lot of customers. Yeah, well, I think and I, and I, um, okay, Neil, can you answer that one and then we'll get to, to John? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's exciting moment to get the thousand customers, but equally proud the fact that uh, companies like Progressive went live this quarter. Uh, you know, so we're showing that a Fortune 500 company can be very successful in the cloud with finance as well. And Fifth Third Bank joining as a as a new Fortune 500 finance customer, we're starting to see that trend move from the medium enterprise into truly the Fortune 500 account. So it's an exciting time for us on the finance side. Uh, Chano, are there customers who call you now and say, look, we're actually in trouble. Uh, and if you forgive us now, we will be great later. And I'm thinking about universities. You have such a great university business, but I know that endowments are coming down. I know that, that the schools are faced with the first, I think, the worst challenge they've ever had. Maybe even worse than World War II. What do you say to a customer you know is going to be a great customer who right now is hurting? You know, Jim, we, we're seeing great resilience in the in the higher education and, and the large educational institutions. We're seeing continued progress in terms of make, moving forward with the projects at a great pace. Indeed, Jim, we, we're seeing growth in that segment of the market, and, and we are cautiously optimistic that hopefully we can continue with that growth next year. So when we're delivering these mission-critical applications to help them manage their finance and human resource, but also heavily investing on a student, which is really a backbone solution, not only for students, but for the faculty to help them manage admissions, enrollment, or financial aid, 
we become quite critical and, you know, really, really essential to supporting us well through during the uh, navigating through these difficult times. Okay, so, and, and, you know, that comes back to that notion that we are at a moment of change. And at that moment of change, if you decide you want to save money, you actually can do it. If you decide you want to go to the cloud because you can help convince trustees, board members that have been waiting for this, you can do it. You can take advantage of it and go to work day now. Yeah, you've seen, you know, you've seen uh, new, new uh, uh, wins in the, on the university side, like University of Central Florida. You've seen many go lives in the higher education space. We can save these universities money, modernize their systems, uh, give their students a much better experience. And given the history we have over uh, over the years, we've been uh, selling and engaging with customers. Our our real driver is customer success as a company, uh, and we can get companies live uh, on HR in six months and finance seven to seven to eight months. Some projects are longer because they want them to be uh, for you know for um, uh, for more design. But if you can get people live that quickly, uh, they they can see it. They can see through the the challenging budget environment they have to get to a better place. Well, look, it's you know, a lot of people were uh, now, I think, can start saying that this is a bit of a reopening stock. It's not just a company that does well in the close. It's also great for reopening because that is an amazing quarter that you guys had. I want to thank Chano Fernandez, who's the co-CEO of Workday, first time on. And, of course, Anil Bushri, old colleague, co-CEO of Workday. Congratulations, gentlemen. Great job. Good quarter. And Mayor Bunny's back after the break. Kramer, long time fan, first time caller. Jim, big time fan, long time viewer. I want to thank you very much for everything you do. You've educated millions of people. Just want to thank you for all that you do for the millennial investor. Thanks for all your guidance through the years. You always talk about best and breed. Thank you so much, Jim, for your years of hard work and really incredible stock recommendations. Wanted to just give a big reminder to all the listeners please, please, please wear your mask. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? So the lightning round comes with Eve in Texas. Eve. Eve. Hello. Eve. Hello. Hey, Eve. How you doing? I'm good, Grandma. How are you? I'm not bad. Thank you for asking. What's going on? Um, I'm asking about Workhorse. Which one? Workhorse has got that momentum that I see periodically. I, I think Workhorse is really a show horse, but Workhorse is connected with Lordstown. It's, look, it is basically a technology company that builds high-performance electric vehicles, and people love that so much. I'm not going to get in their way anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm too jaded. Go ahead. Buy Workhorse. All right? There. I said it. Okay, let's go to Rachel in Texas. Rachel. Hey, Jim. Rachel calling in from the great state of Texas. Howdy and booyah. Love your show. You're oh, awesome. thank you. Sorry about all your so, football teams. Go ahead. No worries. So my question is on ticker PEIX, Pacific Ethanol. I know. No, too speculative. Come on. I mean, you know, I've got, look, a low-carbon ethanol. You know, look, we do want, we follow the hydrogen stocks. You know that because I like plug, although plug's a bad big move. I'm not into an ethanol-based economy. 
buy gear. If you like ethanol, buy gear. How about we go to Kevin, Illinois? Kevin. Booyah, Jim. First-time caller, long-time listener. All right. Frequency therapeutics, F-R-E-Q. Very speculative degenerative disease play, but you know what? I think it, it can be your speculative one in your portfolio, and I have no problem with that. I need to go to Kevin in New York. Kevin. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. How's it going? Shout out to my band Space Bacon. Um, I have a sock for you, RXT. Max Space, they, you know, they missed too many quarters. You know, look, if I want storage and space, I got so many different technology companies in my head that I think are better than this one. Uh, buy Cisco. Hey, Cisco just had a good quarter. Why not go out and buy some Cisco? And that, ladies and gentlemen, you're good. Uh, lightning Round! The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. If you didn't know any better, you think everything was going great based on the conference calls to the major retailers. Other than some discussions about how they keep their employees safe, they make it sound like there's nothing really wrong out there at all. No out-of-control pandemic that's making people hunker down and hide out. Why? Because consumers are spending at some places like there's no tomorrow. The same store sales numbers from Home Depot, Lowe's, Target, and Costco. Extraordinary. So was Williams-Sonoma, which reported after the bell tonight. Uh, 24% same store, looking for 11. Yet at the same time, people are aggressively paying down their credit card debt. $10 billion worth in the third quarter paid down after a $76 billion pay down in the first half. Bankruptcies are at historic lows. Foreclosures have plummeted. It is hard to believe that we had 742,000 new jobless claims last week. Now, how is all this possible? I can tell you that a few of these retail executives seem to really understand what's happening. They're proud of how well they're doing this. They should be. They figured they'd be in worse shape with 7% unemployment, no more stimulus. But the incredible strength of the consumer actually is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. But I've got a theory. See, it's not that Americans are spending like a nation of drunken sailors. In fact, it's the opposite. People are wisely purchasing what they need, everything they need to make their home into a school, an office, and an entertainment center. They're buying all the hardware that enables the contactless economy, including cars, which are essential if you're moving from the city to the suburbs, as so many people are. What's driving this? First of all, people are afraid. Oh, no one wants to talk about that, believe me. But they're afraid. It's not that there's nothing to do. It's that millions of people are hoping they don't get it. They aren't up for doing anything. Uh, and not with more than 160,000 new COVID cases yesterday. Why? What happens here? We want to hunker down. Hunkering down, well, is expensive if you're going to make it nice. Fortunately, we can afford it. Why? Brings me to point number two. Back before the pandemic, we used to spend a huge chunk of our disposable income on stuff that you really can't do anymore. Going out to dinner. Hitting up a good bar. Going to movies with $5 popcorn. Remember those days? These days we're stuck at home, and it turns out staying at home is a great way to save money. I mean, put on Netflix, okay? It's not just these normal day-to-day expenses. Americans, they just love their vacations. We're vacation. That's like one of our major businesses. Between the plane tickets and the hotel, going to the beach for a week, it can cost you a fortune. I'm always telling you that we're a service economy, not a manufacturing economy. All these services are far from cheap. When you add it all up, we end up with a weird situation where as long as you still have a job, you're doing fine financially because there's... Nothing to spend your money on. You're afraid to go out. I think this is, frankly, a defining moment for our country. 
we become a nation of forced savers. Which brings you back to the big retailers. See, they're making fortunes because buying real stuff is all we have left. Can't go out, can't go on vacation. You can remodel, you get better TV, though. Anything makes the current situation more bearable, which is a lot cheaper than going away somewhere. For me, the mystery is, what do, what do we do when we're all vaccinated and everything reopens? Will we seamlessly go back to normal? Will we still be willing to shell out for a pro game, cost you $300 at night, swanky dinner with two cocktails and a bottle of wine for 400 bucks, or a trip to Disneyland for five grand? I wonder if we won't simply stay home, save the big spending for many, let's say, rarer occasions, you know, weddings, that kind of thing. In short, maybe we'll end up like our parents, maybe our grandparents, who were permanently scarred by the Great Depression to being total cheap steak savers. I don't know, though. Maybe go the other way. We might take any excuse to go out because we just lived through a plague and we know this stuff could be taken away again at any moment. Either way, we know that nothing is going to be the same after the lost year of 2020. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.